Hi, I'm Flicky Day, it's me, Alan Smith, from Weasel by Stories with today's paper, Wednesday, December the 15th. So, uh, a bit later getting a suit today because I've been uh, very busy babysitting this afternoon. Now, uh, front page of the paper today is um, COVID threatens the existence of our city centres. So, Nicola Sturgeon has delivered a festive crackdown for Christmas but spared the big day celebrations. The First Minister urged Scots to limit gatherings to three households and also impose fresh work from home measures uh, as a means of slowing down the progress of the fast spreading Omicron variant. Uh, at Holyrood, in a later TV address to the nation, she said she was asking for further sacrifice and then she accepted that this would be hard and wearying. The biggest blow came for hospitality and retail, which will once again be forced to introduce physical distancing. Uh, last night, the sector said the move was a Christmas hammer blow and claimed the virus now posed a very real threat to the future of town and city centres. Uh, Ms Sturgeon said the restrictions would have been even tougher had the money been available as she criticised the UK Treasury for failing to provide enough financial support. Uh, Russell Borthwick, Chief Executive for Aberdeen and Grampian Chamber of Commerce, said funds must be offered or the tsunami of infections would be accompanied by a tidal wave of business closures and job losses. So, no good news um, around about, um, you know, as far as uh, other four countries are concerned, but obviously um, Sturgeon has, uh, I was meant to go a bit further, I think, and, um, you know, be, being it's like standing out as being the strictest now, but it's, you know, absolutely devastating for, for businesses and the, the kind of two weeks they'd hope to be the busiest. Um, you know, I came for a fact we've been a while last week that some of the hotels and pubs and that have had a lot of cancellations and closures, so it's, um, you know, it's it's not good. And just, you know, one of the little country hotels we was biding in, the folk were saying they were shut down for four months last year for Christmas till April or whatever it was, and, um, you know, just like five or six folk for that little village working in that one pub and that was all them affected by it, so... Um, it'll be the same as Christmas if they've had a lot of cancellations. You know, it means some part-time folk not getting um, only wages because they, they would have been booked to work and we wouldn't be needed now. But again, there's no um, furlough on this time. So, but then today, again, the, the taxpayers are now limitless um, amount of money, um, and there has to be uh, some kind of rhyme or reason to it. So, I think um, you know, Nicola can ask for it as she likes, but. There's no bottomless pit, I'm afraid. Now, here is uh, Spay Fest, is uh, coming back this year after it's been off for two years, we obviously with the um, pandemic. So, headliners Red Hot Chili Pipers in the Scary Vore will help celebrate Murray Festival Spay Fest 25th anniversary in style. Thousands are expected to flock to the event, which will bring a host of Scottish talent to mark a quarter of a century of showcasing the very best in traditional and Celtic music. The festival will make a welcome return next summer as its plans for 2020 and 21 were put on hold. Uh, taking place in the event's pop-up tinted village by the picturesque banks of the River Spey, Spey Festival tra- transformed Fochabers into a haven of music and culture between July 22nd and 24th. Uh, headliners include uh, contemporary bagpiping sensation Red Hot Chili Pipers and multi-award winning Scottish outfit Scary Vor. Um, audiences will also be able to catch Highland Folk favourites Elephant Sessions, and enjoy the exquisitely rugged yet refined sounds of the mighty Rura, alongside performances from traditional music duo Ali Bain and Phil Cunningham, respected fiddler Duncan Chisholm and Anna Massey, 
and a Mariard Green. So Spayfest Chairman James Alexander said, We're overjoyed to see the much-awaited return of Spayfest. Uh, we've been itching to get our uh, 25th anniversary celebrations underway for some time, and we're so excited to be back in full voice for 2022. We have a fantastic lineup, uh, including some spectacular headliners on the menu. Early bird tickets are on sale now for all three days of entertainment and activities. So, well, for one thing, it'll be an absolutely fantastic set, and, and um, kind of it's like a fine, a fine few days if they happen to be be doing it. It'll be nearby better to be, I would say. But uh, it sounds like a great lineup they've got, and you know, best of luck to them. It'd be great to get back up to some kind of festivals again. And uh, that scene sounds like a well. Uh, as I say, I've been up at Nickley Woods a few times and it's um, absolutely glorious, so fingers crossed to get fine with it for it, but looks very good. Now here's a story about celebrating Scott's love of a good story. So stories for across the north and northeast will be shared with the world as part of Scotland's Year of Stories 2022. Community groups and organisations will participate in a nationwide programme that celebrates stories inspired by Scotland's distinct, vibrant and diverse culture. The Visit Scotland programme, which they launched yesterday, features 60 events throughout 2022. This includes the return of Aberdeen's ever-popular light festival Spectra. One aspect, Writ Large, features large-scale projections of Scotland's contemporary literary works. Many events across Scotland will tell tales from local communities, highlighting the country's distinct culture and character. Uh, the Community Stories Fund has been created to support 100 events in 2022. The fund is delivered via Visit Scotland and Museums Gallery Scotland with support from the National Lottery Heritage Fund. Uh, another event is a theatre piece in Inverurie, inspired by the life of a Scottish suffragette and journalist, Caroline Phillips. Uh, she was born in 1874 in Kintore. Um, Phillips was a pioneer, being one of only 66 female journalists in the UK at the time. So, well, there you go, that's one thing I didn't again, and you've learned today probably. So, um, yeah, it sounds like a really good idea, and you know, when you listen to some um, stories for older folk about you know bygone times and if it's if it's happened in the past and stories they mind from the world, it is absolutely fascinating, and it'll be um, you know be, be a great thing to make sure some of these are passed on and mere folk can hear about them. So um, sounds like a great idea, and um, you know, be able to get involved in playing it. Now, here's a farmer who's been fined after ruining, ruining a Neolithic cairn to get topsoil. So, a farmer has been fined £18,000 after destroying a historic cairn dating back 4,000 years because he wanted to build a new shed. Uh, Duncan McInnes used the earth from Upper Tote Cairn in the north of Skye as topsoil to help with the building project elsewhere on his land. The 59-year-old pled guilty to damaging the protected monument when he appeared at Portree Sheriff Court on August 25th. Uh, yesterday he was fined £18,000. Uh, McInnes owns the land next to the A855 near Upper Tote on Sky, where the Upper Tote Cairn stands. Historic, in, uh, Historic Environment Scotland uh, had written to McInnes on three occasions about the existence of the cairn, with the most recently are, uh, being sent in 2015. It dates back to the Neolithic period between 4000 BC and 2400 BC, um, anyway, McInnes excavated part of the ancient monument between December 1st and 12th in 2018. He was building a shed elsewhere on his land and needed topsoil to court head. So, well, there you go. That was a very expensive uh, shed. He's uh, big it for himself. But to be honest with you, there, there's a picture of it for Upper Tote Cairn in the north of Skye in 2012. And um, you can't. It's just a, 
Roma, Roma Earth, and it's grass is grown here. And you know, if somebody didn't tell you, you would have absolutely no idea it was um, like going on like that. But anyway, that's um, an expensive uh, mistake by the farmer. But anyway, um, he'll live and learn, I'm sure. Now, uh, just a couple of uh, on this days, because since we're running a bit late today, I'm in DNS. Um, so, uh, on this day, in uh, 1832, Alexandre Gustave Eiffel, the French engineer who built the great landmark that bears his name for the Paris Exhibition in, of 1899, was born. Uh, in 1890, Chief Sitting Bull, the Sioux leader, was shot dead in a scuffle with Indian bobies. I didn't care that. Um, in 1939, the premiere of Gone with the Wind took place at Atlanta, Georgia. Um, in 1964, the maple leaf was adopted as the national flag of Canada. In 1966, uh, Walt Disney, the cartoon film producer and creator, died aged 65. Uh, and in 1979, um, two Canadians, Chris Haney and Scott Abbott, came up with the idea for a game called Trivial Pursuit. It was manufactured in 1982 and sold 45 million copies worldwide in its first five years. Some of you say, what a great idea to have that in there. You know, it's just one of those games that you would play once or twice and probably look at it again. But anyway, I'm sure it's made them an absolute packet. Now, just finish up with sport as normal. So, um, Dave Cormac Aberdeen, uh, chairman, is saying the stadium cost could be £60 million, uh, according to the latest numbers. So, Aberdeen chairman Dave Cormac has confirmed the cost of the club's proposed new stadium could rise to £60 million. When the Dons were given the legal go-ahead for a 22,000-seat stadium at Kingsford in 2019, the expected cost was about £50 million. Uh, Cormac believes a new stadium will now cost probably 50 to 60 if the Dons are going to do it right. The club are looking at an option recently proposed by Berlin City Council to include the Dons in a joint facility at the beach. Uh, Cormac revealed that if the beach project was to go ahead, it could be one of the first net-zero stadiums in Europe. Um, well, remember Aberdeen had the first uh, all seed stadium in the uh, UK, so they're just a very clever way ahead of the time up here in, in Aberdeen. Um, the chairman confirmed the new stadium would not be delivered until the 2025-26 season at the earliest, and that it would likely have a capacity of 16 to 17,000. So, well, we'll wait and see. Certainly going by the pictures that the council has been putting out and, you know, far they would want the stadium to be in connection with that, there would be... To me, it would make more sense to keep it in the tune and obviously, you know, other businesses and I think it, uh, they're not rely on it, but it's like a big boost for them, uh, would certainly with it to still be in Aberdeen, so um, I think that would make sense, and I'm sure if the council's putting up a few million quid, it'll make sense to Mr Cormac and I. Now that's me done for the day now, just a wee supply stories with the day's person journal on uh, Wednesday 15th of uh, December. Um, an extremely mild day up in Aberdeen today. I think it was the hottest place in the UK today, or very near anyway, but it's very, very pleasant. So, um, they very seasonal of that, but um, we'll tuck it as long as we can. Um, anyway, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you did, uh, please let somebody else care about it and uh, subscribe if you can and leave a review if you have uh, if you have a half decent thing to say. That'd be great. Um, cheers now. Thanks very much. Do look. Constitution, stick the front, the rooms are there. Longfield, Nelfield, Manorfield, and Panorfield. Lights of local stories that you made in a can.